Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 10.30. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. From 587, beginning in 587, they're carried off to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. Most of you probably know about that, but you may not remember what happened next. Is that a guy named Cyrus, King Cyrus, who was a Persian, conquered the Babylonians. And what he did in 539, 538, was he had an edict for the people, that being the Jews that were in captivity in Babylon. And this was the edict. You can go home. You can go home. And he did it through two means. He did it first through Ezra. And we see what happens with that first group that goes back. 42,632 people were the first that went back. And what was their job? Do you remember? What was their task? They had one job they were supposed to do. Actually, they started off with two jobs. And the first job was to build their houses. And God told them pretty quickly, he said, you need to be sure that you're remembering me in this process. Put your attention, put your focus on building up the body that is the church. Build up that which is giving us the opportunity to worship, to praise me for who I am. That was God's message to them. And Ezra and all those 42,000 people, they did that. They built up the body. That is the call that God has for each of us to do today. That we are a part of the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that a little later on. But the message is pretty simple in our lives. We have one responsibility as believers, each of us who are here today. And the first responsibility is to tell other people about the love of Jesus Christ. That we would give testimony to the faith that we have in a Lord that loves us and gave his life for us. The other thing is, is that we build one another up. That we take a look at the needs that we see around us and we seek to address those by being there, by supporting, by praying for and loving the needs that we see expressed each day. We thank God for that blessing that he shares with us. A guy named Nehemiah understood that same uh, message. Group came, this, the first group that came, came back to Susa where he was. And he was working for Artaxerxes the first. He was the cupbearer. Uh, sometimes we think that's the guy that just simply drank the cup. But it tells us more about what that guy did. He was trusted by the king with everything. And that person is the person that God put in that place, happened to be one of the Jews that came from, from Judea, from Israel. And he is there for that purpose and that time. If you are here today and you are a believer, you are here this day at this time for a purpose. And that is that we might understand that God is ready to take not what is broken down. I'm not talking about the fact that Grace Baptist Church is broken down. I don't want anybody going out saying that. That's not what it's about. We are not broken. We praise God for the gifts he gives us and for the opportunities that are ours. But you know what? We live in a world that is completely broken down. And we have the answer. And Hananiah comes and he tells, he tells Nehemiah this. He says, we're having a terrible time. It's miserable because the walls have been destroyed and the gates have been burned. And it may be that in your life today you feel like that. 
no matter what the circumstances are in your life, it may be different for somebody else sitting next to you, but the message is pretty simple. When we look around in our lives, our world is in trouble. It is on fire, literally. We see that. We hear that. It is flooded with all kinds of problems and ideas that we know that God would not have us follow. It's a world that is totally being destroyed around us. And if we just sit and do nothing, we completely miss the call that God has given each of us to share with the world the message of Christ's love. That's the message of what it means to understand what it means to be redeemed, to know that truth, to know that experience that we have. Nehemiah talks to us about that in Nehemiah 2.17. Ron just read that for us. But I believe that message that he shares with us tells us four things. We're going to talk about those real quickly. What would God have us do with what he's given us? The first is he'd have us recognize what it means, the purpose of rebuilding. Nehemiah was focused upon rebuilding the lives of the people, each one to the glory of God. Each situation, each person to the glory of God. And we see that in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3. If you have your Bibles open there, please. Nehemiah 1, verse 3. They said to me, those who survived in exile are back in the province in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. It's essential that we recognize that there's a problem before we can do anything. And that's what happens with Nehemiah's life. He's told of the problem. He recognizes that problem. And what the, what's the problem? It's pretty simple. The walls of Jerusalem are gone. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute when he goes there. But the walls of Jerusalem are gone. It used to, remember the good old days? Everybody here remembers the good old days. Remembers the good old days when this building was full continually, right? This building was packed and you had to get here early to get your seat because I know you have your seats because you sit in the regular place every Sunday. I know where you are. I've been here long enough to recognize that. So you had to get here early to get those seats. What happened? What happened? What happens is that we forget what our call and our purpose is. Nehemiah is beginning to recognize that from the very first step. And he acknowledges the problem that is there. Because if you don't acknowledge the problem, you can't address the problem. And there's a call for us to do that. There's a, Ron and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking about the ABCs. What's the first thing you have to do in that relationship? You have to admit something. What do you have to admit? Kim? You're a sinner. You have to admit there's something wrong with you. Nehemiah looks at this situation and recognizes there's something wrong with the children of Israel. There's something wrong going on in Jerusalem right now. And we've got to address it this very minute. We have to do that in our lives individually. You and I, every one of us who are here today, if we recognize the sin that's a part of our lives and we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you know what that sin becomes? It becomes an impermeable barrier between you and God. Because God cannot stand to see the sin that's in Bob's life. But thank God, over 65 years ago, God did something in my life. And that was that he allowed Jesus Christ to step in and take that nine-year-old boy and change his heart. And understand, have him understand that God loved him and gave his son to die on Calvary's cross for his sin. And now, when God looks at me, he no longer sees Bob Fulkerson. He sees the blood of Christ that covers me. 
That is the hope that we have in him. And that is what the world needs to be longing for, but the world doesn't know it because the world is not going to get it from the world. The world is only going to get it from us as we share that impact, as we share that message. What are we doing? Are we simply surviving in our lives? Are we simply getting by from day to day? Or are you and I taking every opportunity that we get to make a difference in someone's life now, right now, at this moment, at this moment? People are surviving just around us. The people, we see that. Every Thursday we see that. We hear it at the office door every day that the office is open. People looking, people longing for things. We have one answer, and that answer is the love that Christ has shared with us. That is what we are to be about sharing. Sure, we do the bread. Sure, we do the food. Sure, we do the clothing. We do all those things. Sure, we have opportunities for children, for students. Sure, we do all those things, but there's a reason we do those things. It's to share that hope that we have, to understand that hope that we have in a Savior. Nehemiah understood that same hope, not in the Savior, not in Christ, but in the God who sent him. And he knew that if God provided for those people for 70 years, he provided for them for a reason. And he used, he used Cyrus, Cyrus, excuse me, he used Cyrus to send them back to where they needed to be. Where is it that God is seeking to send you right now? There's somebody that you know who is aching, somebody who looks at the walls around them and sees them broken down, somebody whose life is in a disaster, a total disaster, and God is trying to get you to go see them right now, believer, to see that person and talk with them and pray with them and to reassure them of the hope that you have. But the first thing you have to recognize, we have to recognize, is we have to have that hope ourselves. And we need to recognize the problem as we begin. But there's a second thing that we see. Nehemiah did something. He did it well. Look at verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, if you would, with me. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we'll no longer be a disgrace. You know when Nehemiah did that? <clears throat> he did it right after he arrived in Jerusalem. He did it in the middle of the night. And he rode around counterclockwise, we'll talk about that in just a minute, on a donkey. The people around them said, you know what, the walls are in such terrible shape that if a fox walked up on it, the walls would fall down. Bad situation. Everything is gone. Nehemiah does that for a reason. Nahum showed him or told him the problems that was going on. But you know what Nehemiah did? He wanted to lay eyes on it himself. You've got a good friend right now that's just trying to figure out how to make, make it through the day. And God is calling you right now to talk to that person, even this morning. They may be here in this room this morning. You talk to them and tell them, I've seen, I know the brokenness, I know what's going on, I understand. I'm here, I'm praying for you. We do that as a church. We pray for one another. Take that opportunity if you don't know that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you find somebody out that you know that does, and you allow them to share with you the hope that they have and through the difficulties in their lives. That's the relationship that Christ would have us share, and that's the relationship that Nehemiah did. He did what God called him to. He didn't stay back in Susa. He went to Jerusalem to address the problem. <clears throat> 
Thirdly, Nehemiah was entrusted to task, take the task at hand and put it in his grasp. Listen to the, look at this is in Nehemiah 4. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but four, verse 4. Hear us, O Lord our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder to this land of captivity. In our lives, there's a call for us to recognize that the answer is not in what we do, but in a God that has done everything. And a God who is able to guide us. Ephesians 6, verse 10 and following. Paul tells the church in Ephesus these words, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. I think we've sung that already today, haven't we? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For Listen to this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark, dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is not that situation that you find yourselves in that's the problem. You know what? It's not about the fires or the floods or the storms. It's not about the cancer or the dementia or the broken bones. It's not about the drugs or the alcohol or the stealing. In our lives, it's a recognition of who we battle. And none of us are able to stand before the enemy, that is the deceiver, Satan, on our own. But we thank God for the fact that we have a Savior who stands not beside us, but within us. And we are able, Paul says, to do all things through Christ who strengthens me because of his presence in our lives. As we face those difficulties, as we deal with them, do we have those problems here at Grace? We do. Why? Because we have individuals that make up this body of Christ. People make up the body of Christ. People have problems. People have difficulties. Groups have difficulties. And so what do we do? The first thing I want to do is, you know, I'd like to sleep late. I'd like to go ahead and, Karen says a fat chance, uh, but, but maybe we just stay in bed, cover our heads up, and act like things aren't happening. That doesn't work for us. There's a call that each of us have to recognize that in difficulties, we see the reassurance of God's presence in our lives. Don, Carolyn, back there in the back. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at Simon right in front of them. I look around. I see all of you. I've been here long enough to know what you've been going through. Did you see Robert trying to get up on this stage last Sunday morning? Did you see him? He was almost jumping up and down. Well, that's a stretch, isn't it, Robert? But, but, but. We think about those problems that we have. Those circumstances that seem so overwhelming. And all of a sudden we realize that we have a God that is with us continually. Amen. Nehemiah recognized that. And he calls those who are with him to listen to a God who is able to do all things. That's the love. That's the purpose of rebuilding is to give God the glory for everything that's done in our lives. So when someone says, that's a great job. Thank you for singing, David. You did a fantastic job. Give all the glory to God. Give all the glory to the one who's able to make the difference in our lives that's truly the difference in our lives. When we're working with the kids, those students, the children that we have, give the glory to God. When you sing, give the glory to God. When you preach, give the glory to God. It's all about Him. He does all those things, and that is the purpose 
of our rebuilding is that God might receive the glory through us and in us. That rebuilding changes our lives. The pattern of rebuilding is also something. It's an opportunity for us to look and see what opportunities present themselves. Paul addressed the pattern of what our job as believers is, is to be uh, in his letter to the church in Corinth. Real quickly, we'll not read the whole thing. Let me read just the first. Beginning in verse chapter 12, verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would for that, not that reason be cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, and the whole body, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? <clears throat> but in fact, God has arranged the, part of the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. That's why you're here. Think about it. That's why you're here today. Because you're an essential part of the body of Christ. That you are necessary to build the body up, to be what it was about. It's interesting, in the book of Nehemiah, 35 times, 35 times, Nehemiah talks about what it means to rebuild. That word in the Hebrew means to make strong, to make firm. It's not just fixing something. It's seeing something new created. Karen and I have spent the last month and a half working on framing one door. Karen's not the carpenter that you think she might be. And we've had a terrible time. You know why we did that, though? This door faces the south side of our house, faces the south side. It is the south side. What hits that? Every day that house is there. When the rains come, what happens? The rains hit that door. There's no cover on it. There's no way it's protected. And that door was rotten to the core. When we took the threshold out, it disintegrated. When we took the bottom of the thing out, it was rotten down to the base. You know what had happened before we bought the house? Somebody took a coat of paint and put over the whole thing in an effort to hide the problem. It may be you're here this morning and you know you've got a problem. A coat of paint won't fix anything. But a change of life will. A change of faith will. That change, that hope that Christ brings into our lives, that is the pattern that is to be ours, that we recognize that when problems come, we turn to Him. Let's go back and see rule number one, trust God. And that's the message that we see lived out in Paul's life, and he tries so hard to live that every day of his life. That's what you and I are called to do. Sometimes when disappointments come our way, we get overwhelmed by what we're about and what we think needs to be done. But that's not the case. There's a change that comes when Christ comes into our hearts. Paul talks about that to the church in Rome in Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 2. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live new lives. 
Are you living that new life, that new life of possibilities, that new life of faith in Christ, that new life of love in Jesus Christ, that new hope that you have, that new joy that you can have in Jesus Christ? Are you living that daily? That is to be the pattern that is ours. It's not about what we do, but about what God has done for us and the change that is there. We won't read the whole chapter either. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. What does he tell them? This is where I sometimes find myself struggling. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That's all we're going to read of that. Because you know the rest of it. Most of you do. But if we're not careful, all this, all this becomes just so much noise. It's when Christ rules and reigns in our lives that we see the change come. It's the hope that we demonstrate through those times of despair, utter despair. How are you dealing with this? How have you dealt with the loss of this loved one? How are you managing to do that? Well, let me tell you how. There's only one thing that I have that has been able to carry me through this difficulty, and that is the faith I know where that spouse is right this minute. Because you can't lose something when you know where it is. And that hope and that faith that you've got carries you through those circumstances. And you look at those problems with family members, with moms and dads that are having health problems, with children that are having all kinds of problems, and we think, how am I ever going to deal with that? <sighs> Go back to rule number one, trust God. And then the pattern of our lives should be to give it all to Him, to trust Him implicitly with everything that we have because of his love for us. But Nehemiah had more plans for us. He talks to us about what it means to understand the change that we have. Who are those people that are rebuilders? Real quickly, we're going to look at this. Look at Nehemiah 1.3. Nehemiah 1.3. Do we have them? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah 1.3. Look, follow me on this. Trust me on this. It's going to be worth your while. Eliashib, a high priest and his fellow priest, went to work in rebuilding the sheep gate. Do you hear who's happening there? This is the amazing thing. The preacher is actually out there doing construction work. The preachers, that's what they are. That's what the priests are. Where are they working? Think about it. Why would they be working on the sheep gate? Where do you think the sacrifices came into the city of Jerusalem? They came right there, right where they lived, right where they worked. That's where they worked. And God calls you to do the same thing, and he calls me to do the same thing. In our same neighborhoods, in our same families, at work, at school, wherever we are, God has put you there for a reason. And that reason is to make a difference for Christ right now where you are. The priests were working, but it wasn't just the priest. Look who else. <clears throat> the rulers, and here comes, women were working. Look at verse 12 in Nehemiah chapter 3. Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of the half district of Jerusalem. This guy is an important person. Repaired the next section with the help of who? His daughters. His daughters were out there working. I thank God for the women in Grace Baptist Church that are actively sharing their faith and living their lives for Christ. Teaching, sharing, going, being sent 
all over the world that people would know Jesus Christ. And that's the message that we see lived out, that the people are all involved in the rebuilding process. We see again in verse 32 of, of chapter 3, And between the rooms above the corner of the sheep gates, the goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs. Who are we talking about here? The businessmen are using opportunities. I can remember my dad sharing his faith at work all the time. He had to be real careful with that because he was running the five and dying. And he didn't want to be seen as some kind of religious Bible thumper, all right? But you know what he'd do? He would take people aside when they were having difficulties and he would talk to them about the problems that they had. Talk to them about the needs that were going on in their lives. That's what businessmen, we have many of them in this room. Businessmen can do with what God's given you. Take those gifts he's given you. Take those opportunities and use those to tell people of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Workers, we see that message. Workers were there. We also see that people from outside the city, the men of Jerusalem built, a, excuse me, the men of Jericho, this is in verse 2. Uh, Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, the son of uh, Emrabeth, uh, built next to them. The people that were there were outside the city walls, people that were not there. Jericho is not a part of Jerusalem, but the people that were there were a part of it. There were lots of leaders, lots of people, but there were also those who would not work. Nehemiah 3, 27. Listen to this. Next to them, the men of Tekoa repaired another section from the great uh, projecting tower and the wall of Ophel. Uh, the message behind that is that they were working in two places. Actually, you'll see it in verse 27, but you'll also see it in verse 5. But now look at Nehemiah 3, 5. The next section was repaired by men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under supervision. Have you, have you ever thought you're too good to do that? Have you ever thought maybe this is not, this is kind of beyond me, I'm not to be a part of this. There's a call that God has for us to recognize that everything we have and everything we do is for Him. No matter where we are, no matter what we do, we do it for Him. And in doing that, the world sees who we are and what we are as the body of Christ. You are important in that scheme. You are a part of the body of Christ. The final place of rebuilding is the place. Where's the place? It's the walls of Jerusalem. If you look in your Bibles, look at verse 1. We're going to go counterclockwise around Jerusalem here. First place they worked, the, the sheep gate. Second place in verse 3, the fish gate. <clears throat> verse 6, the old gate. Verse 13, the valley gate. Verse 14, the dung gate. Verse 15, the fountain gate. Verse 26, the water gate. There's a different water gate there, right? <laughs> Verse 26 also is Ophel, it's a defensive tower. Verse 28, the horse gate. Verse 29, the east gate. And then the Hamphilcad, which was another defensive thing, was on the third verse. Um, there's a message that's there. Different people, I still remember, I was telling somebody this uh, just this morning, or not this morning, this past week. Do you, some of you remember this. Do you remember the, the pictures that we used to see in Bible school, in Sunday school, on Sunday mornings? 
pictures about this big of biblical scenes. I can see Nehemiah standing on the wall like this, a spear in one hand and a trowel in the other. We need to be ready to defend what is ours. We need to defend our families. We need to defend the body of Christ. We need to defend what it means to understand to live our lives for Christ means we live them all the time for him. And we do that by sharing the message of his love. There's a call that God has for us to recognize in our lives that you and I must be about the task that God has given us. And that is to constantly be rebuilding the lives that he's given us. To use the opportunities that we have to change our lives for him that the world might see the love of Christ in us and everything we say and everything we do. If you don't know that hope this morning, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you can look around you. There are people all around you in this room that know that hope. And you have any idea what they're going through right now, but I can tell you some of them are going through some mighty rough times. They've got a really rough hold, road to hope at this point. Going through difficulties that we're not aware of because they don't share those things with us. But they still have a hope in the Savior that gave them the life that they're living right now. My prayer would be that you would know that same hope, that you would know that same life that Christ has shared with them. And you know it when you look to the cross and the Savior that gave his heart for you. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for the gift of life and love that you offer us. Father, we thank you for what it means for us to have new life in you. We are new creation. We are new creatures when Christ comes into our hearts because you have rebuilt us. You have changed us from the inside out. All that which we had before, Father, is left behind. Just like dirty clothes, they're worn out. And so we take them off, Father, and we are in you now. And in that relationship with you, it doesn't mean the problems won't come. As a matter of fact, we understand they'll probably come even more than they are right now. But we have you beside us. We have you within us. To understand that the kingdom of God is within us. That's what Jesus has told us. That's the message of what it means to understand that hope. Help us to live that hope daily. Help us to share that hope eternally that Jesus Christ has shared with us of his undying love and of his sacrifice for us that we might live for him. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.